Hello and welcome to the Kosh Podcast. I'm your host, Timber Smith. And the Kosh is a podcast that spotlights people who have had an association with Oshkosh or the surrounding Fox Valley area. Um, as usual, uh, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate all y'all. Um, I'm super excited. Well, you know what? I'm super excited every week. I, I, I love doing these podcasts and I love uh, having amazing guests on the Kosh. And uh, this week we have Zach Zabel. Uh, Zach, how you doing over there? I'm good. I'm you, good. You good? Oh, yeah. All right. So, um, you want to just jump in? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So, uh, Zach, can you please share a little something about yourself? And um, what is your connection to the Kosh? Uh, yeah, so my name is Zach Zabel. Uh, I am the Community Engagement Manager uh, for Fox Valley Veterans Council. Um, for those of you who don't know what that is, uh, that is a uh, veteran nonprofit uh, you know, registered 501c3. Um, we currently uh, have our office in Appleton, um, you know, but we serve veterans uh, from Oshkosh all the way up to uh, Southern Brown County uh, cool. and even out to uh, Wapaka County. That's so, a big reach. Yep. All right. Yep. Been around a long time. Uh, you know, I'm a little bit new to the role, uh, but the uh, organization is very established. So, um, but uh, as far as Oshkosh connection, um, lived in Oshkosh since I separated active duty. Uh, in 2013. Okay. What branch were you? Uh, I was active duty Navy for six years. Uh, I know. <laughs> you, you army folks. Hey. Bruh. What do you... Bruh. <laughs> Look, yes, there's a lot of us army folk. Uh, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so uh, my wife is from Oshkosh, um, wanted to go to business school, and, you know, UW Oshkosh has a great business program, so everything kind of fell into place, so... That's uh, that's how I ended up here. Okay, okay. Uh, let me ask you a little something. Uh, uh, what did you? Um, can I ask what what did you do while you were in the uh, in the Navy? Uh, I was an electronics technician. Um, so it's just generic tech stuff. I didn't get anything too heavy. Uh, some some ET, some IT. Um, I don't know. know what that means. <laughs> This tech setup, I think you know a little bit. Yes. Uh, oh, fair. I'm a, I'm just a big nerd, man. Yeah. I'm just a big nerd. But uh, uh, no, so I mean everything from you know personal computers on the ship, you know, to you know some some fancier classified networks, you know. But it's nothing, nothing too exciting. Nothing they'll make a movie about. You know? Okay. All right. Awesome. Well, you know, I'm the uh, first of all, I'm going to say what. Uh, Everybody traditionally does say because it is the it is the correct thing to say. Thank you for your service there. You too, man. Thank you for your service. I appreciate that. Appreciate you. And um, I I got one more question. So you you talked a little bit about the uh, Fox Valley Veterans Council. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you what what does now? Me personally, I I know about them, but I I don't know a lot about them. But I know they do amazing things. So, what is some of the things that you uh, that council does for veterans? Uh, so, the primary mission of the Fox Valley Veterans Council uh, is to provide direct uh, support to veterans for basic needs. Um, those generally fall under two categories of housing and food. Mm, uh, that's basic. That's that. Yeah, and that's when we say basic needs, we really do mean that. Um, you know, we we do get requests that uh, fall out of our scope, um, but that plays into our second mission. Uh, we actually, as a council, have a, uh, 
official designation from the VA uh, as a CVIB, CVEB, a Community Veterans Engagement Board. Okay. Uh, and that role, uh, you know, part of that mission is to serve as a hub uh, for those needs or, you know, assistance to veterans that fall outside our direct support scope. Okay. Uh, so it's all about, all about, you know, community partners and, uh, you know, kind of getting, helping direct folks to where they need to go. What it's really about is about helping these veterans. So it I is. appreciate that. Yep. Okay. You ready to jump into the first segment? Let's go. Okay. First segment is what in the world is going on with? And so you start off with that phrase and then you share whatever you got going on. Well, you know, as everybody knows, daylight savings is, is you know, started last night mm. and not a fan. Not a fan. Why? Um, it just, I don't, it doesn't serve a purpose. It does not serve a purpose whatsoever. Bruh. <laughs> At all. Uh, I've been in uh, some rather, I wouldn't say heated debates because everybody's always on the same side. You know, I've never met anybody who's real gung-ho and happy about daylight savings. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, the only thing I'm happy about is that in the summer that the day lasts longer. That's it. Does it though? Does the day last longer or is just different numbers on your clock? It's just different numbers on my clock. Okay. All right, I get that. But <laughs> but the, it feels like it. Sometimes it just feels like it. Well, you know, I'm not the feelings guy. I'm the, <laughs> I'm the logic guy. That, you know me. <laughs> Zach has no feelings. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's fair. The, the thing I don't like about daylight savings is, look, I I used to like it when I was young when daylight savings happened in 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 the fall winter time and you got an extra hour because that would mean that you got to kick it one extra hour that night. Yeah. Well, an hour when you're 12 feels like a week. You know, there's that it's it's the greatest thing. And I, then as an adult, you're like we don't need this. Yeah, that, that, I, correct. That, that, I can't even argue with you about that. It ain't real. It ain't real. <laughs> you said it, it's the mind shift. It's like the matrix. All right. My, um, my, what in the world is going on with is, what in the world is going on with getting old? Like, I'm going to be real with y'all. So, it, when I was young, I felt good. Like, good. And I mean, when I say young, I mean everything about uh, 42 and younger. Like, wow. All right. Oh, yeah, I got a span. Like, the body felt good. Till 42? At least, because when I was 42, I still thought I was uh, uh, in my 29. You know, the the body didn't hurt. There There was no aches and pains. I must be on the accelerated program. You might be on the accelerated program. (laughs) Bruh. (laughs) So, you know, uh, but now I'm not going to lie. On any given night, I swear I could sleep perfectly sound and I might decide at some point in the night to put my arm up, like put the arm up, stretch it out, whatever. And then I wake up and there's this shooting kink running through my back, my shoulder, my whatever. And it's unacceptable. I'm mad at my body for betraying me. Why can't you just feel young like you used to? I'm not. I'm not feeling this getting old thing. You're making me feel real bad right now. Look, why wow, you? You already there? Yeah, I'm 32, and I I pulled my back this morning picking up my kid. Bruh, 
bruh. <laughs> <laughs> but because I'm 32, I was able to have my wife walk on my back, you know, stretch it out a bit. And, you know, here we are a couple hours later and I'm not still hurting. So. Wait, you sure that's just not a veteran thing? That could just be the, well, that's you know, possible. That, that could be a vet thing. Yeah. Yeah. You sleep on a rock. Yeah. <laughs> Look, there's been some of that. Everybody done slept on some things that they didn't really want to sleep on, but you were so tired that you had to, like, sleep is sleep sometimes. Yeah, sleep is sleep. I think that should be the real military motto. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sleep is sleep. Sleep is sleep. <laughs> I, uh, I once fell asleep on a pallet of cans. Oh. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie, I passed out. It was during uh, underway replenishment on the ship. And for whatever reason, there was a massive delay in the middle of it. It's only supposed to take a few hours. And, you know, we were into like hour five. And and I just knocked out on these pallet of cans. Just passed out. And I'm not going to lie. It's probably the best sleep I had, you know, in like a a 12-month period. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know what it was. You know, the stars aligned and it was a good nap. It was a good nap. All right. Hey, I can relate. Okay, you ready to jump into the next segment? Because sure. uh, apparently we already done figured out that uh, we both are getting old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next segment is word phrase association. So I, I throw some words out there and you tell us what, what comes on your mind. All right, so the first word is food. Yes, please. Oh, <laughs> yes. Okay. I like food. <laughs> Me too. I uh, I blame my mom's good cooking. Is that what it is? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, shout out to mom. Just shout out to mom. All right, is there anything in particular in the food category that uh, mom made? What's, what was, What is the favorite dish? So if mom listens to this, she knows. Uh, she knows growing up it was all about the hot dish. Just oh. the, the generic, you know, German family goulash where you put noodles and protein and veggies and you just put it all together. And you just call it hot dish. Hot dish. It's just you hot say, dish. So you only look no description. Nope. Don't, don't even matter what the protein it doesn't is. matter. Doesn't matter. Well, growing up, I'm I grew up way up north, northern part of the state. So did you say you, north? All, all the way up north. <laughs> yeah, up north. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, so venison was the the usual. Okay. Um, that was that was what I grew up on was venison and and uh, usually venison inspired hot dish. Okay. That was, that was what was up. I'm not going to lie. I am intrigued by something called hot dish. It's just, hey, Ma, what's for dinner? It's hot dish. Yes. <laughs> That's. Yes. That's it. That's it. All That's right. It. Look, I'm going to I'm gonna agree with you on this whole venison thing right now. I had, um, I've been lucky enough. I got, I, now I don't get out there because I'm not going to sit in no cold and shoot, shoot nothing. I'm not about that life. Just bow hunt. No, nah, man. It's warmer during bow season. I don't. Look, am I sitting outside? Well, you can build a stand. No, that's outside too. Well, last I mean, time I checked, you I put up enough walls. You are now inside. Last time I checked, <laughs> I can't. I can't shoot no deer on uh, uh, inside. So, are we inside right now doing this podcast? We are, and because yeah. of, because of the walls mm-hmm. and the ceiling, right? Yep. All right. So you just put walls and ceiling out in the woods, and you're inside. Then mm. see, that's the other problem. You know what that problem is? Woods. <laughs> Not going to those either. You afraid of trees or what? Hey, 
Just saying, man. Me in the woods, me in the sticks. I'm not getting down like that. I, you know, Fair sooner enough. or later, sooner or later, maybe. You know, if the if the right situation uh, comes along. But right now, I've got enough friends who enjoy hunting. Oh, they're sharing the wealth. Well, what they'll do is they'll just, you know, because they shoot so much that they just be like, here's a deer. You can pay to get it processed. I'm like, I'm all about that life. Mm-hmm. So let me give my in-laws. There's there's uh, some in-laws out there um, who done hooked me up. Got love for y'all. And that chili is still coming. Promise you. So a uh, little bit of education here about how we roll north of Highway 8 up here in Wisconsin. Uh-oh. Uh, I grew up that my parents processed our own deer. What? Bruh. Uh, so we went hunting. You harvest the animal, you field dress it. For everybody who doesn't know what field dress is, yeah, that you saw. You, wait, you saw the look I on did, my yeah, face because I was yeah. just like, uh, yeah, no. Nah. So trying to uh, not be graphic about a very graphic thing, um, you remove everything you don't want to take home with you. Okay. Uh, so everything that is not edible. You know, primarily the digestive system of the animal. All right. Uh, you remove that and you leave it in a uh, so-called steaming pile uh, in the winter, winter woods. Yeah. Um, and it's actually, it's a benefit because there's a lot of scavenger critters uh, that, you know, they, they clean that up in a couple of days. All right. Because uh, in the middle of Wisconsin winter, that's a lot of nutrition just sitting there waiting to be had. So coyotes you know now that the wolves you know all the wolf stuff going on the wolves will find that immediately Ooh. yeah that, yeah that is that's a thing right now yeah. this, this whole hunting wolves and yeah so so yeah you feel that's what field dressing is is you just get everything out that you don't want to take home with you um you know throw the deer in the back of the truck go home and you know you string up the deer uh in your garage uh, you know it's 10 degrees so you ain't got to worry about the meat going bad so it's just hanging outdoors. You let it, you know, let it cool off. Right. Uh, and then uh, you got to skin it. Mm. So that's a whole process. You mm. know, dad's out there removing the hide. Uh. And uh, and then once the hide's gone, you know, you quarter it. And so, you know, one leg at a time, usually you want to uh, remove kind of, you know, deer have a similar number of joints, generally speaking. So kind of the knee below, you don't, there's no meat on that part of the leg. Uh, so the knee down... You know, that part is just left in the garage. That goes, the the final disposal at the end of the process, that just, that goes in that pile. Uh, and then the whole, the whole you know, hip area uh, comes into the house. And that's where mom goes to work, you know, with the, with the delicate uh, precision of, you know, getting rid of all the sinew and, and uh, you know, little bits that you can't turn into a delicious hot dish. So... <laughs> <laughs> That's fair, man. Hey, I'm going to be honest with you. Just listening to you talk about it just reaffirmed my decisions in life. <laughs> that I'm just going to go ahead and let the professionals do professional things for the venison that I do love. Because I do love venison. And I'm just going to let them go on and do that in the garage. And then just, look, I'll pay you. Just just hook timber up. Well, a lot of folks just take the deer right to a lot of places. Just take the whole animal. Well, that's what they this uh, this yeah. uh, deer that I was blessed with this this past hunting season. Yeah, we just took it to Bex. Shout out to Bex. Oh yeah, let me Actually, tell you something, yeah. Bex. It was delicious. I will back up that shout out to Bex. Uh, you know, we haven't really gotten to um, you know the veteran community and stuff. That you know, my nonprofit experience. Uh, Bex is a great supporter 
uh, veteran causes uh, in the area. So double shout out to Bex. Double shout out to Bex. I appreciate that. Okay. You ready for the next word? Let's go. Cocktail slash beer. Yes, please. Oh. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. Is there a preference? Whiskey. Oh, is there a preference in that? No. No. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know if I use the word preference. There's a hierarchy, but uh, it changes. So right now, I'm on a scotch kick right now. Ah. Um, I've been there. Yeah, I was on a bourbon kick for like a decade. (laughs) (laughs) At the point in which it's a decade, is that really a kick? (laughs) It wasn't until it's scotch now. Oh, you know what I mean? It it just, that's, it was what it was, but now it's changed. And, uh, uh, I'm very picky about scotch. So I would say that bourbon's still my number one, just because there is a, a plethora of bourbon. I enjoy uh, where the scotch that I enjoy Typically has a very similar profile to bourbon, where most scotch does not have a similar profile to bourbon. I would agree um, with that. Yeah, so I would, with the caveat that the scotch I enjoy could be mistaken for bourbon. Uh, so Glenlivet is specifically a bourbon or a scotch that I enjoy that okay. essentially has bourbon qualities. And I got down with Glen. Me and yeah. Glen done hung out. <laughs> well, it's scotch, they're all Glens. Uh, well. Uh, I'm gonna tell you the one I used to. Uh, now I'm going through several phases. What I uh, I call them lifestyle uh, okay. changes because you know sure. at a certain point in which in which you've decided to drink something for more than five years, that has become a lifestyle. Right. I went through a martini martini lifestyle. I've definitely gone through. A, that's vodka or gin, right? Yes, yes. But me and Jen, we ain't friends. Mm. Mm. I got a gin story. Oh. We can talk about that. Uh, so just a uh, little bit of foreign travel wisdom. Uh, we had a port visit in Brazil, and I was in the mood for a brewski because we had been underway. Actually, that was right after uh, the humanitarian support we were doing in Haiti after the earthquake in 2010. Okay. So um, that weather was not my weather, being from Wisconsin also. Just but that, that Haiti tidbit. weather? Yeah. Like, I figured, oh, it's January. You know, it's fine. It wasn't. Oh, no, no, did it smoke no. you out, man? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was raining in the in the in the passageways of the ship because all the con- all the condensation from the humidity. Uh, that's hot, hot. It was obnoxious. Like mm-hmm. we had we had to swab the deck on the hour. Okay, they called it over. But anyway, um, so going through all that, you know, and you know, glad uh, you know we were able to lend a hand. It was a pretty uh, pretty devastating incident. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was ready to not be there anymore be honest with you and uh the next port visit we had after that was in rio de janeiro and uh, Ooh, rio? oh rio yeah. yeah and uh <laughs> <laughs> look Brad. that's somebody that's somewhere i want to go uh, so i was uh you know rio is a really interesting place uh, i mean and i would recommend anybody travel if you haven't you know if you haven't been out of wisconsin you definitely gotta travel right um but uh yeah just brazilian culture in general you know they're it's like fitness there is as common as potato chips here. Like it's it's just insane. You okay. Know, going through, um, you know, on the the, the strip there, uh, all the, th- the three major beaches. Uh, I think it's like Ipanema and Coca Cabana, and there's another one I forget. Okay. Um, but they've got almost an acre deep park along. So you got beach and then you got park. Okay. Before you even got to the road, and that is packed full of people just yeah just 9 a.m just jogging push-ups yoga 
doesn't matter what they're doing, everybody is doing. Well, I mean, everybody's sitting on that beach. You can't look sad on right, the beach. Right. But anyway, so we, we made a port visit, and I needed a brewski, you know, because the Navy decided a long time ago that giving sailors alcohol while we're at sea is a bad idea. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> so, uh, so I was ready for a brewski, and we get to, uh, you know, this, this decent restaurant in, uh, in Rio, and uh, the entire menu's in Portuguese. Mm. Uh, and uh, spoiler alert: I don't speak Portuguese or read it. So I, I, you know what? I might have guessed that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. So I recommend everybody travel if you want to do it better than me. Uh, take a class first. <laughs> 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 but uh, so I'm looking at this, you know, Portuguese menu, and uh, I've seen enough, uh, you know, different languages where you can kind of pick out you know, the letters and, you know, characters of a different language. And I see something in German. Okay. And it's the only German thing on the menu. And it's under their beverage, you know, because you can kind of, because I know soul and, you know, cerveza and, you know, the different types of categories and specific brands. Um, So I'm like, oh, well, obviously something German under the drink menu is going to be a German beer. And uh, it wasn't. It was not. So it was a German gin. Uh, oh. That was had the consistency of like maple syrup. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That ain't that. And they and they didn't you know and because you can mix it you know right. there's stuff you can do with gin and right. apparently these this gin is like fancy gin you're supposed to shoot okay. or something I don't know they poured it in a shot glass and I was disappointed because I wanted a beer. It didn't go well. Didn't go well. Yeah. It did not go well. And it didn't end well then either. Uh, I mean, it was just because it was so thick, it got caught in my throat, and I'm sitting here choking like I'd never done a shot before. You know, and you're surrounded by a bunch of other sailors that they're all. Oh, that just sounds like yeah, yeah. you're getting ribbed. Oh yeah, man. yeah, you, ribbed you, is a nice, nice way to put it. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, they, yeah, because look, you stuck too. You stuck on the ship with them. They ain't never oh, let oh, you yeah. live that. Yeah, down. that doesn't go away. That's <laughs> <laughs> not. <laughs> it's a hey. Remember that time? Oh yeah, yeah. All right. So, but yeah, so. uh uh, cocktail, beer, uh, word phrase association, uh, whiskey. Respect. All right. Ready for the next one? Netflix. Uh, pandemic survival kit. <laughs> oh, I would agree with that. Yeah. It, 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 it definitely served its, its purposes. Yeah. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely watched a lot of Netflix, um, you know, in the past 12 months, more than more than usual. More than usual. Oh yeah. All right. What 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 particularly uh what what did you watch? Well, uh, March last year we were all rather isolated, you know, because it was full on shutdown. Right. You know, needed services only type right. deal. Right. Uh, my son was born March fourth of last year. Okay. And so my wife was on maternity leave. Uh, I had recently, at that time, recently got a work from home job. Uh, before it was cool and <laughs> yeah so right. so as far as that you know going into the the shutdown we actually weathered it really well because we were all home anyway okay uh, and then the daycare got shut down so you know my daughter was home so it was just the four of us at home every day Whoa. for three months oh yeah that's a lot of close family time it is uh so we kind of had our our different ways you know of you know, giving each other space. Right. It's and a, a, uh, separating it out a little bit. Yeah. All right. Um, but anyway, uh, definitely watch a lot of Netflix. 
okay. during those three months, particularly. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Uh, Amazon. Amazon. Uh, revolutionary. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's not a comment. Uh, you know, I think Jeff Bezos, you know, his his personal choices, or, you know, whatever you think of him, you know, on a human level, uh, just purely from a business standpoint, uh, you know, you can't help but marvel at what he accomplished. Um, yeah. Somebody, somebody need, it was going to happen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With the internet. Yep. And he just happened to. Uh, figured it out. Yeah. He just happened to figure it out. But it was, uh, it was really interesting because I remember when Amazon was new and yeah. And it was just kind of, Oh, you know, you keep hearing about this thing, you know, it was, Oh, you know, Amazon, Amazon, you know, you you just hear about a little bits and pieces everywhere. And, uh, it was just really, really interesting how they were just dedicated to reinvesting in what they were doing, you know, because they, he could have took the foot off the gas 10 years ago and he'd still be, wealthy he wouldn't be where he is now you know obnoxiously wealthy but. you mean like world richest man wealthy right right yeah. um you know but he you know he had a vision and he's like no this is what we're doing and when he could have been cashing out you know living the high life he was building more warehouses and reinvesting in his logistics and you know getting more you know delivery processes you know getting the kinks out and it's uh it's very impressive i would agree you know, again, outside of anybody's opinion of him personally, and you know, you know, because everybody likes to rag on rich people. Um, haters gonna hate. Haters gonna hate. So just just from a purely business standpoint, very impressed. Fair. Okay. Kids. Tired. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I got uh, I got two kids. Um, my daughter will be three in June. Uh, mm. My son just turned one. Oh, bro, you beyond tired. Yeah, something you, like that. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, you getting your butt kicked? A little bit, a little bit. Um, you know they uh, they don't lack energy. I'll say that much. Oh no, they they they're literally human energizer bunnies. Like yeah. they don't they ever. And if they do run out of energy, it's never when you need them to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when they get tired, they suddenly find another level of energy. Like it's some oh. sort of weird paradox that it's like, oh, why is why are they being so crazy? Oh, they're just tired. It's like when I'm tired, I lay down and I'm quiet. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Bruh. I don't understand. It's just a it's a very paradoxical. Well, you know what it is is when when that happens, they're they're taking the rest of the energy you got. That's I guess. where it comes from. They 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 somehow they. Because their blood, they're able to tune into that little bit, just that little energy you got, you were saving, so you could take a nap. Just, just wireless energy leeches. Mm, yes, kids, man, kids. I look. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell you that there's something to look forward to. It's called empty nesting. <laughs> when you get to that point in your life. That is that is wonderfully grown folk. Uh, Love, love my girl to, with all my heart. She is the greatest thing I've ever done. But make no mistake, when they start, then they, they grow up and they get to the point of adulting and you get back to you mm. adulting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is joyous. 
I support that message. Oh, well, I just wanted to give you something to look forward to. I like it. All right. Uh, last word. Veterans. Camaraderie. Facts. Um, it's uh, it's kind of nice. Uh, like I said, I'm new to my position at the council. Um, I've been involved with, you know, the, the veteran nonprofit space for a long time. Um, but now to, to do it, you know, have it be my occupation and be able to give it my full full attention, yeah. um, it's it's even more rewarding than it was before. Uh, so big fan. Yeah, I give you credit, man. Yeah, you've uh, you know I've I've worked with Zach on um, several events uh, in the past. Uh, huge supporter, always found a way, always made time, always made um, amazing things happen. Uh, took money out of his own pocket to uh, help fund different things. So, uh, you know, I, I appreciate you. Well, shout out to Timber, too. Uh, got a pretty pretty sweet coffee mess there at uh, UW Oshkosh. That <laughs> look, didn't I, just happen. That free, wait, that, that free coffee thing, man. That, look, it, it's amazing how many vets, because you know what? Vets are caffeine fiends. If mm. y'all don't know nothing about them, but you can make them show up. You got some caffeine, they, they will find that, like a dog to a steak. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So offering free coffee, uh, which is sponsored by various organizations throughout uh, all our veteran service organizations. Uh, shout outs to the VFWs, the American Legions, the the, the uh, AMVETs, everybody else who done looked out. Um, that coffee makes us uh, get together. Yeah, it brings and, people together. It brings, it brings vets together if oh, we yeah. don't do nothing else. And you know what? And all the other coffee fiends too because we just uh, look. It ain't like we kicking you out just because you got a coffee problem. You come on. <laughs> All right, beautiful. All right, next segment is the Naughty Slash Heroes Corner. So you get to choose uh, it be a person, organization, whatever you like it to be, um, whichever corner you want to put them in and uh, share with us what your thoughts behind that is. Uh, I kind of have a um, – can I go high level? You can go – hey, look, this is your show. <clears throat> so I would like to do – uh, for the heroes corner, I would like to offer a high level, just individual donors uh, for, and it doesn't have to be veteran nonprofits, just individual donors. Um, a lot of, you know, nonprofit activities, you know, you got the, the, the big check writers, you know, that some of those people are individual donors. You know, there's a lot of foundations in the area, um, you know, usually some sort of memorial format, you know, that there was somebody who did good work and the family wants to, you know, honor their legacy by supporting causes similar to what their life's work was. Um, but individual donors who, um, you know, $5 here, $10 there. It makes a know, difference. Whenever, whenever they're available, you know, they have that generosity in their heart and they just, you know, they want to, they want to do their part. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's underrated is, is the word I would use. Um, cause you know, people, they see, you know, multi-million dollar projects, you know, all this, you know, big, you know, fancy stuff going on. And you're thinking my $5 is not gonna, you know, put bread on the, on the plate. Um, but it does. And it really does. Uh, because when you do that and you know, 
10,000 of your closest family and friends do that. <laughs> it's uh, it, it, it makes an impact. It does. I, I can't, man, I can't stress that enough. Exactly what you're talking about. That, that is actually how we fund a ton of things. And uh, you're right. It doesn't have to, it's, it's not about these large dollar amounts. It's whatever, whatever you decide to give and, um, Mad shout out to all those individuals out there who just support our military and our veterans. Um, we appreciate y'all on so many levels. Much love. Much love. All right. Um, so we're going to jump into the topic of the week. All right. And uh, topic of the week is chosen by the guest. Uh, so Zach, uh, this was Zach's topic of the week, and he chose profit versus nonprofit. So, uh, Zach, what do you mean by that exactly? Um, so this all kind of came about, uh, I recently, uh, through my professional network, uh, was directed towards a TED Talk uh, that addressed the double standard uh, in our society, uh, for-profit businesses and nonprofit organizations, uh, particularly around how dollars are spent. Hmm. Um, and initially, when I heard about it, um, I wasn't overly interested. I was just, you know, mildly curious. Watched it. I believe it's, you know, you can find it on, you know, whatever streaming service. Uh, it's about 20 minutes long. Um, the, the individual given the presentation is extremely knowledgeable, um, you know, a professional in that space. And essentially... It addresses this idea where, I mean, we were just talking about Amazon. Right. How much money did Amazon make and then reinvest in their scaling? Okay. You know, they they didn't go out and just, you know, buy a truck or buy a warehouse. Right. That truck and warehouse made money, and then that money was used to buy more trucks and warehouses. Right. And everybody applauds Amazon for that. There's no, you know, nobody's making Jeff Bezos, you know, 10 years ago, criticizing him for scaling. No. At all. No one's, no one's knocking him for making this multi, basically. Well, where he is now, yeah. Million dollar juggernaut. Yep. So, however, you take that same time frame, how many stories did you hear about in the news or gossip or, you know, however you found out about it where there was a nonprofit who was paying a CEO a whole bunch of money or paying, uh, you know, reinvesting in, in process or scaling, you know, how many times have you heard, Oh, well don't give them money. They just spend it on staff or they just spend it on advertising or they just spend it, you know, because everybody wants to get their dollar. You, you actually hear that all the time. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's something to that. Like I, it, Something about when you say the word nonprofit, it makes people feel like the people that run that organization organization should be working for free. Exactly. So it should be volunteers, and every dollar I give should go to whatever cause your organization's you know tied to. Right. So if I give a dollar for veterans, I want my dollar to go to veterans. I don't want it to go to some person. Right. Um, and that's just kind of how we've approached nonprofit from my understanding, forever. Yeah. And this, uh, this Ted talk talked about, you know, we wouldn't have Amazon. We wouldn't have Walmart. We wouldn't have 
these giant scaling organizations that, you know, have the financial power to impact the world. You don't have that without scaling and you can't scale without reinvestment. And it was really interesting comparison between, you know, the average high level business professional can be the CEO of a nonprofit and make, you know, 89,000 a year, you know, the really big ones, you know, we get into 200,000, something like that, or they can just take their Ivy league MBA and, you know, go make $400,000 in the for-profit sector. Right. So what would you do? Uh, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I've, I've chased professional opportunities for money and I've learned that it ain't all about the money, right? I've definitely learned that um, there has to be happiness professionally in whatever is done. So, so look, you ain't got to ask me what I do because I work in education, and I promise you this. <laughs> the education, uh, at least at the level I'm at, uh, it's not, it, the compensation is not in the upper echelons financially, but spiritually, uh, mentally, uh, for the for the things that I get to do, the people I get to work with, the people, the outcomes that I see, is priceless. So, assume that those three positions I just talked about, you can be a big wig in the business world, make four hundred thousand. Right. You can be the CEO of a medical related nonprofit which is, I believe, one of the examples that he gives to make 200000 a year. Right. Or you can be the CEO of some food-related nonprofit trying to feed the hungry and make eighty nine a year. Assume you are equally happy and fulfilled in all three of those roles. So all things being equal, which role do you pick? Most mm, people yes. will pick the 400000 Yeah, they're picking the money. Which is, which is the point, because yeah. all things being equal, more money. <laughs> more money. So, uh, what's interesting is he said, you know, the, the guy giving this Ted talk talked about, so the individual picks the $400,000 job. Right. So now whoever the CEO, you know, they have to pick number two or number three, or depending on the disparity between the amount of opportunity, maybe the 100th best, best CEO is now the CEO of the nonprofit. And that CEO is getting beat up every time they try to scale. Meanwhile, over here in the for-profit, they're reinvesting and, you know, their company's scaling and their stock price goes up and, you know, whatever, whatever the, the metric is, right. they're successful. And this other nonprofit CEO will just figure it out, you know, without investing. And uh, he made a joke how the guy who picks the 400000 can donate $100,000 a year to the nonprofit that he wanted to be the CEO of probably be on the board and be the boss of the CEO who ended up being the CEO. So it's a double win. So it's a double win and nobody can figure out how all these donations are made every year and we just can't fix anything. Bruh. So it was a really interesting point and I'm not going to lie. I've watched a lot of Ted talks, you know, some of them entertaining, some of them are enlightening Um, because this hit me directly in my profession uh, it was eye-opening, and it was really, really interesting to check my own bias. Uh, you know, because it was something I—it was an opinion I had until I watched that video. I can, I can say I, I used to have a similar 
opinion of uh, of stuff like that, right? There was a, there was a point in time when I when I had a similar opinion, but it changed. And and I'll tell you what made it change for me was I remember um, this was during some time politically, and people were all up in arms about uh, Planned Parenthood, and so they mentioned to uh, mentioned what the CEO, I'm not sure if she's called the CEO, whatever her title is, president of uh, Planned Parenthood, whatever situation was. And she, if I remember right, she made 600000 a year. Now, I'm thinking in my own mind, like people are thinking, well, all this money, you know, and, you know, Planned Parenthood already catches hell for being Planned Parenthood, right? But, and I'm not even going to go down that path. Me neither. Yeah. We're just going to. No, thanks. I'm just, I'm just putting, I'm just. I got you. Yep. Yeah. Just because that's the one I could think of off the top of my head. Um, I'm thinking for a national organization, right? Planned Parenthood's huge. And there's, there's a lot of stuff that that particular president has to deal with on, on a national level. I was thinking, wow, that's that's not a lot of compensation in the big scheme of things. If you compare it to a for-profit counterpart with similar stress level and responsibility. Absolutely. It, just on the comparison issue, um, that's, that's small. Yeah. So that's basically what we're doing as a society is we, the expectation, the societal expectation is that the best and the brightest are willing to sacrifice their, you know, professional compensation whether that's how they tie it to their success or not most business people do you know because business is about dollars and you know are you expecting the best and the brightest to make that sacrifice you know every single time is that rational we're we're a capitalistic based society so so ain't gonna happen right so it ain't rational right so that's that's the point and uh you know i would encourage people to, you know, just kind of think about it. You know, I'm not telling you how to think, you know, think about it. If you think that's the way it should be, then that's the way it should be. You know, that's cool. Um, but I thought it was eye opening and I would encourage anybody to, to check it out and uh, just think about it. Yeah. I, I, it is a thing, you know, I, I would like to say, you know, we, in so many ways, societally, we don't want our government to take care of these things, right? Sure. Because we don't want it tied to our taxes and stuff. Sure. Right? Because we can't agree on where the money should go. Right. You know. And that being said, a lot of times people go fall back and say, well, it should come out of donations and blah, 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 da, da, this and that. But if we don't address these things and don't have competent people to lead these organizations – which it costs money. Who are allowed to lead in an impactful, scaling manner. Yes. Facts. Then you're you're actually contradicting. Maybe even being a little hypocritical. Facts. Just saying. All right. Hey, I like that, man. That was deep. You know, it's something that, you know, I'm not going to say it's on the forefront of my mind, but it's something I've thought about, but not more recently, but... You saying it right here, right now, most definitely, most definitely. Um, to to keep it simple and put it in the most American way possible, you get what you pay for. 
Facts. Facts. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, anything else you'd like to add on there? Um, no, I think we, we're good on that. Okay, we, yeah. we good on that? Okay, well, this is the keep, part. Uh, of- keep supporting your nonprofits, whatever you're passionate about, folks. Yes, most definitely. Please do um, find a way to... Um, to I'm big on we are all in this together. We are American citizenry. And if we're, if you aren't a citizen, you are still part of our society. You're in the boat. You, you with us (laughs) and we got to take care of each other. I can't stress that enough. That is so important to me. Um, got to take care of each other on the different levels. All right. Well, this is the part of the show where I uh, said, Hey, look, you got an opportunity. I, I appreciate everybody. Once again, I, I get good feedback. Um, I, I read every email. I read every message that comes in. Um, I appreciate any advice uh, anyone has to say. Uh, feel free to email us at askthekosh at gmail.com. Once again, that is askthekosh at gmail.com. Um, if you'd like to be a guest, I love Love, love to hear from you. Um, the point of the show is to, to to show the different voices connected to the cash. So uh, I'm not one to turn one away. I'm all about that life. Let's uh, let's have a conversation. Uh, reach out. All right. Uh, time in the show for the shout outs. I love the shout outs, man. Me too. Look, I'm going to tell you right now that uh, before the show started, Zach said, don't play no crickets on me. Yeah, you better not do crickets. (laughs) And what did he just do? (laughs) What did he just do? I got the crickets. In broad daylight. Hey, things happen, man. Things happen. All right. So what do you got for shout outs over there, Zach? Um, I actually, because I kind of hit on, uh, you know, the individual donors are in my hero's corner. Uh, So my shout outs, uh, I wanted to uh, give a shout out. Uh, to the foundations, you know the 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 big big players uh, yes. in the in the nonprofit space. Um, you know the 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 individual donors provide the fuel, uh, you know to to get to the destination. Uh, but the foundations that exist to support nonprofits, they provide a lot of uh, you know not just financial support. Uh, right. They do a lot of coaching. Uh, a lot of them provide uh, actual professional um, you know development. Uh, and there's just a lot of ways that, um, you know, they, they support not just the council's mission, uh, but other, other nonprofits in the area. And uh, it's something that I was not aware of until I became professionally involved in the space, um, just how much assistance is provided. And it's not just local foundations. There are large nationwide foundations that are, you know, donating money in, in your local area. And uh, I don't think it's publicized enough. Um, you know, we recently, uh, the council did a, a food card drive uh, for veterans in need. And um, some of the big uh, donors for that uh, initiative uh, was the, uh, the Woodruff Foundation, uh, which is in Appleton. Um, but it was enabled also by the, the Craig Newmark Foundation, um, the um, Craigslist guy. Oh. Um, so okay. it's, it's, you know, it's something that you know, you probably never would have heard about that if I didn't just say it. Um, and I, I'm, that's part of my role at the council is trying to 
you know, let people know just how much support, you know, there is in our community uh, for these initiatives. Uh, so my, my shout outs are for both local and nationwide foundations that are doing the good work. Hey, I, I, I so appreciate that. Um, I've been lucky enough to uh, partner with some pretty good organizations around here that, that have supported our veterans and uh, our student veterans in particular in uh, various different ways. Um, most definitely appreciate y'all. And uh, I hope that even in these most challenging times, and uh, in my sake, I'd even like to give a more particular shout out to um, our businesses, our local businesses associated with the cash. Um, every time that our student veterans have ever knocked on your door and asked y'all for a sponsorship or, or those things, um, I've, I've, there's not a whole lot of no's. And right now I know that f there's some financial challenges out there to the businesses. And we're, and I'm going to be honest, we're trying to be respectful. Uh, we're, we're trying to not ask at this point, but don't fool yourselves. We're going to be back. <laughs> we're going to give it, we're going to give a little time to let, uh, let, let things get back to normal. And then, uh, let's, let's get back. Let's get back to the things. Like <laughs> yeah. All right. So, we are at the last part of the show. Um, it is the parting words of wisdom. Uh, Zach, what you got for parting words of wisdom for the Kosh listeners? Uh, my, uh, my words of wisdom uh, are from, it, it's a quote that I have online. I don't know where I found it online. I apologize for whoever's quote this is. I, I am unable at this time to give proper credit. Uh, but it's something that, uh, it really resonates with me, and now you know, being a, a professional in the nonprofit space, you know, it it, it kind of rings true. Uh, but the uh, the the words of wisdom I have are: if you are more fortunate than others, build a longer table and not a taller fence. Bruh, I'm feeling that. Yeah, that's that's appropriate. All right, well, we've come to the end. Of the cash, I just want to say, Zach, thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, no, thank you for doing this. We appreciate you. We appreciate the work you do. And um, to all the cash listeners out there, appreciate y'all tuning in once again. Um, to the next time, next week, the cash. <laughs>